0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020 Campari America, New York, New York. Never compromise. Drink responsibly.
2: This is the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helton.
1: Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Thursday, July 26th episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast sponsored by Draft.com. Today's guest, uh, Mike Rathburn. Um, you've seen Mike, can't see Mike. Um, he's, he's been a Rotowire colleague. colleague. Uh, tell me about LineStar app. Sure. Well, LineStar is um, a, a
2: DFS projection uh, site and mostly an app. Um, they're the number one user app in the DFS content community. And I've known those guys for a few years, and it, it just gets to the point where there was an opportunity for me to uh, work with them and uh, coming up in the NFL season. So I'm looking forward to it. It's a great group of guys. They have a good product, and uh, it's very user-friendly.
3: Cool.
1: Um, all right. I, yeah, I actually checked out some of your stuff. Um, I was looking at your Twitter feed and saw some of the stuff in there. It looked pretty cool. So um, good deal. Um, all right. I want to ask you first. So we are recording this the morning of July 26th, Thursday. Um, Josh Gordon's ADP is 46, as I see it, but uh, that could be a very rapidly moving target. Uh, at this point right now, what are you doing with Josh Gordon? I'm going to let him be somebody else's problem. All right. That's it. You're done. Yep. You're washing your hands on it. Yep. Can't trust it. Okay. Even what, what if next Monday they said, all right, he's back at camp and he's ready to go. He's still going
2: too high, even without the off-the-field issues. Um, with with Landry there, they're going to run the ball more. Tyrod's not a guy that you want throwing a ton of balls, so he's not even number one in the pecking order in the passing game, as far as I'm concerned. So I just think that, man, we talked a year ago. I think it was I think it was with you. Where I used the word internet darling, or it might it might have <laughs> been I'm not sure. So he's an internet darling. Yeah, he's an internet darling. He's always going to be an internet darling. There's people, the the, and we're going to talk about this a little bit earlier. But what happens is people want to be right, and they want to say, "I told you so." And so, with Josh Gordon, if he ends up not playing, nobody cares. Nobody, you know, nobody says. But if he plays and he does well, then you get all these people that are going to. Put their flag in the in – the, you know, put, stick their flag in the, in the sand and say, oh, I told you so. So I don't play that game. I could care less. I'm not looking to be – I'm not looking to tell everybody I'm right. And um, so that's why I will never own Josh Gordon.
1: never so, so if he slips to round seven in your draft? Let him be somebody else's problem. Okay. I just don't want to deal with a headache. So um, rumors there, a couple other Cleveland things. Um, Hugh Jackson did, said, I think, yesterday – that it's hard to envision a scenario where Baker Mayfield gets most of the number one reps. I'm not going to go down that road because you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the Browns. It sounds like it's going to be Tyrod at least for a while. Um, but the other thing, two, two quick ones. With the Josh Gordon news, or in the wake of the Josh Gordon news, um, I believe John Dorsey said he would consider Des Bryant. I wouldn't consider Des Bryant. Would you if the Browns signed him? I don't think that's the right fit.
2: I don't think Des should be going to a team like the Cleveland Browns. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit further about where I think he should go. And I'm going to explain why. Uh, I don't think it's the right situation and the right environment for a guy like that. I think that he could potentially come in and do more damage than good. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we saw some things on on um, all or nothing, at least uh, that I watched. Where this guy is basically, you know, remember Terrell Owens. I mean, he's not as bad as Terrell Owens, but he certainly has that wide receiver diva attitude. Yeah. And I don't think that's a situation where uh, I don't think Cleveland is the right environment. So I I don't think
1: that would work. Okay. the other thing about Josh Gordon, if you are looking at and saying I can't trust Josh Gordon, which is what you're saying. Do you sort of put a gold star on Corey Coleman in the late rounds?
2: No, I put one on David Njoku
1: um, because <laughs>
2: okay. that's the guy who, you know, basically what you want to say is who do you think is the is from a talent perspective, not wide receiver depth chart, but from a talent perspective, where would the team look to go? Tyrod likes throwing to the tight end. He likes throwing to Charles Clay. They're going to throw the ball. Look, this is a team that's not they're going to take the shots down the field, but it's going to be in, it's not going to be all the time. They're going to they got three running backs. You know, they got Chubb, they got Hyde, they got Duke Johnson. They spent the number one pick on Njoku. They went out and they signed Jarvis Landry. That's where the concentration of the targets are going to go, and the touches are going to go. So I think Njoku is a guy. And the thing about Njoku, though is his ADP is already up there as far as where he's going. So I don't know if there's a whole lot of value there. But that would be the guy that I would I would assume would be the, the guy getting. The, the targets.
1: Okay. Um, folks, before we move on, just remember, check us out on Twitter. Mike's at Fantasy Wrath. I'm at Hoffman 37 You can also tweet us at RotoWire. You can get the player updates at RotoWire NFL or find us on Facebook. Uh, and remember, four podcasts a week from now through the end of the regular season. So keep checking us out. Um, all right. We're going to go through some news. So when I sent you the show prep on Wednesday night, I was going to ask you if you are worried about Julio Jones. Julio Jones is now, his contract issue has been resolved. So... There's nothing to talk about here, right? Where where, you, where do you rank Julio out wide receiver? I mean, I still gut him where he's going. Um,
2: it, I don't have a problem uh, taking him because the yardage is so consistent. And if he does get back to getting, you know, a, a uptick in touchdowns, that's fine. I think he gets, you know, the thing about him is he's always nicked up. He's going to miss games, but he's still the focal point of that offense. And he still has a good quarterback and he's on a good team. So... Uh, I got to think second year, Sarkeesian, I know there's a narrative that, you know, the second year in the Shanahan system, everybody was good. Uh, Really, it's just a matter of them being able to execute in the red zone. I have to think that they've spent a considerable amount of time on that. So I've got no problem taking them. All
1: right. Um, Then this is the next question I'm going to ask. This is going to be a little bit of a theme today. We're going to – most of the players we're going to talk about today are sort of top of the food chain guys. We're not going to talk about a ton of sleepers. We're going to be talking about, you know – differentiating between the guys up near the top. This won't be every show. We're going to do a lot today. Um, I'm looking at ADPs on MFL and at wide receiver, and I don't know how much of this is fueled by Julio's recent contract news, but Michael Thomas is wide receiver. The wide receiver order is Hopkins, Antonio, Beckham, Michael Thomas, and Julio. Would you take Michael Thomas ahead of Julio?
2: No, no way. I think yeah. Michael Thomas is the most over overdrafted. Uh, there's a difference between overrated and overdrafted.
1: Yeah,
2: and to me, Michael Thomas is being overdrafted by at least four or five spots. So I think Michael Thomas, to me, uh, is not a first-round guy, not even a top of the second-round guy. I think he's more end of the second, top of the third. So you're Always not going to own not, him. Yeah, I won't own him. All right. I won't. Own him, so that's fine. I'm actually pulling up those ADPs and just looking at. Yeah, it doesn't seem. It doesn't seem like you know. I'm looking at dates. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like it's 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 been kind of the same. So I don't think any of this recent news has affected anything. Okay.
1: Um, next, and uh, we're both, uh, as I like to joke around sometimes, when we have people on. Uh, Mike's another member of the Charlotte Fantasy Football Mafia. So uh – we're going to talk about the Panthers for a second. So Ron Rivera said the Panthers reported the camp on Wednesday and Ron Rivera said it would be quote ideal for Christian McCaffrey to get 25 to 30 touches per game. I spit out what I was drinking. When I saw that I laughed. Um, I mean, what? Obviously that's a ridiculous statement. Just quantifiably. It, it, it's not, there's no way he's going to get 25 to 30 touches again because no well,
2: they can they can do that, but he'll be injured by week three and probably oh. hurt the whole year. Right. So. I
1: mean, is, is he, Ezekiel Elliott won't touch ball thirty times a let alone Christian McCaffrey. So, and it, but but what is yeah, what the is thing,
2: this? the thing? Even too is you've got a running quarterback that takes away touches from that particular position. So for him to even say that statement with a regular quarterback is stupid. Not even uh, not even considering the fact that Cam Newton is going to rush the ball five times
1: a game anyway. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a valid statement. But taking the number out of the equation a little bit, what is this? T- I mean, they, they clearly want to use McCaffrey more. Last year, I think he had 113 carries. He ran better at the end of the year. We'll say that. They lose their Pro Bowl guard, which hurts. They signed C.J. Anderson. Now obviously we're all we love McCaffrey from a PPR standpoint but what but rushing wise what do you, what do you think we're going to get like how how much more do, it, he's not going to get 25 to 30 touches a game but but last year he got what 13 on average or something or 14 do you think it will be 16 18 what should we be looking for
2: No I don't I think a lot of this is just um, to me I think that this is I think I think Rivera is just a mouthpiece for why they picked him with the eighth overall pick in the first round. And I think that, you know, why would you be worried about how many carries he has? Like you were saying, I mean, it's not like he averaged six yards. Like if he averaged five or six yards a carry last year, then maybe you could justify and say, hey, it makes a lot of sense. But man... Yeah, I know first half of the season was horrible for him. And I know second half was a lot better. But still, man, it's like he had three games where he carried the ball more than twelve, at least 12 times. And he had like one game really where he got more than four yards to carry with any kind of legitimate volume. So, you know, again, square – If to me, it's like um, square peg round hole. And why would you not just say – you know what? He had 80 receptions last year. We're going to get him 100, and not worry about the the targets. I mean, not worry about the the carries. Well, I I wouldn't worry about the carries. Just bump his bump his targets up and, and play your game. And 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 also, I think too is I don't have the stats in front of me. Um, I don't know what his early down. Uh, usage was, but I would just I would just go with saying that use them more effectively
1: on early down situations and get them in open space versus when they were using them. All right. Okay. Um, so, do you think? I mean, ADP wise, I'm looking at. I mean, we could sort this whole bunch of different ways. I'm looking at half PPR. Is he a top twelve running back generally for you? In in uh, outside of standard formats, let's say. Uh it's borderline man
2: i mean there's some guys i would take ahead of him uh, you know he's at 11 right now i wouldn't pick him at 11 yeah in dpr i don't feel comfortable with it um, i don't like this whole bulking up thing either I, that's not a guy that should be bulking up that's a guy that should be he he got he's got to work on his 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 speed that's his game and if anything goes wrong with that speed it's going to it's going to affect his performance so I just like other guys that are going behind him. Freeman, Howard, uh, you know, a couple of... I mean, I wouldn't dip him down too far. I mean, I I don't have a problem with him around RB 15, 16,
1: perhaps. Mm -hmm. But at 11, that's just a little bit too rich. Okay. Let's go... uh, Some good news. Andrew Luck is apparently on track to start the preseason opener. This is good news. There were people... two, Two months ago... The people who were drafting Andrew Luck as a top 15 quarterback I thought were crazy now I could see it more I don't think it's going to be me right now his ADP is QB 10 um, what, what are you thinking in Andrew Luck how are you looking at that
2: again I think, I think a lot of this is people wanting to be right and Of course, we root for the player, man. I mean, am I rooting for Andrew Luck to come back and be the quarterback that he was before? Absolutely, because that's what's best for the NFL. That's what's best for the league. But we don't know. We don't know. When guys have time off, we don't know what they're going to be when they come back. And history has shown us that you know maybe outside of Peyton Manning, um, a lot of other players that have had time off like this have just not been able to come back and perform like they were. Yes, they have. They have um, improved their offensive line. They got rid of the GM that ruined the team and ruined him. They still don't have a good, solid wide receiver two. That is unknown. They don't have a wide receiver two, a wide receiver three that's really proven or sure can show me. You know, this it's just a bunch of guys that we don't know who. Um, they did go out and get Eric Ebron, which I think was a good move, and I think that was in reference to the fact they knew they didn't have another wide receiver really proven. So and Luck can throw to his tight ends and be fine, but let's also look at the running game. It's not like the running game is 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 proven or solid. We don't, you know, Marlon Mack is more of a home run guy. Uh, Naheem Hines is becoming an internet darling, and everyone thinks he could be this year's Tariq Cohen. But it, you know, you got to be careful about you know everybody's. A lot of people always want to say who's this year's you know so and so player and that doesn't just automatically happen things have to fall into place and while I do think the Colts are an underrated team I don't think there's very much profit in Andrew Luck at this point he's at QB10 yeah i mean what's his ceiling QB5 6 the QB landscape is different now where you have a lot more guys at the top that i think are just going to be very hard for him to pass I mean, unless he got 5,000 yards, 4,800 yards, and 35 touchdowns, which, again, predicting that is just not something I'm willing to do. And I think that there's just so much value at the quarterback position later on. I can't
1: envision a situation where getting Andrew Luck in redraft makes sense. Okay. Um, And and the thing about Luck is he's he's never been – he had the one year where he threw 40 touchdowns. I am not jumping all over the guy but he hasn't been great. He's been kind of good. He had that one big fantasy year. But he's just he's not that great, right? He's he's just been He, I wouldn't he hasn't lived great. up to the hype. I, I would not think very
2: good. You know, I'd say he, you know, but again, with the um with the time off, that's like my biggest yeah. my biggest concern is just that, you know, What exactly are we going to get? I mean, you're absolutely right. I'm going back and looking at his numbers. You know, he had uh, really, you know, he had the 140 touchdown season. You know, he's had injuries, etc. It's a different landscape in the NFL. Uh, You know, does he have the weapons to even get, you know, is this offense even going to allow him to get to those numbers? Um, It's not the Philadelphia Eagles roster. It's a different roster. And I, you know, I, again, I don't see how he can even pe- get to his peak. Right. And so I agree with you there. I just think that, again, it's a lot of people wanting to be right. And if the 5% chance that he would be able to finish in the top five, then people can jump up and down and say they they said so. But I'll, I'll be on the 95% uh, side that says you're not going to return a profit on this player
1: in 2018. Okay. Um, let's dig deep. I know I said earlier that we were going to spend most of our time today near the top of the food chain, but since we're talking news, um, I want to cover this guy, Cam Meredith on the Saints. Um, he missed last year with a knee injury. Um, he is, there was, they weren't sure if he was going to start on the pup list. Turns out he's not. He's ready for camp. Now, these aren't our old Saints where you try to identify a Saints receiver, that's going to be really good. And even when you, even when life was like that, it was hard to identify the right one outside of the number one guy in the tight end, right? right. Like it was always, oh, am I going to take Devery Henderson or, you know, Robert Meacham or whoever it is this week. But, Willie Sneed. Willie yeah. Sneed, thank you, later on, yes. So now we got Cam Meredith probably in the slot. Um, his ADP is super-duper low, and the reason I'm bringing him up is that I feel like I've seen his name. When, when I look at Twitter, every, you know, people sort of start to get some buzz among the people who are in the fantasy industry, and I feel like in the past week I've seen Cam Meredith's name a lot. Is he one of those late-round targets for you? Uh,
2: it, I'm not overpaying for him, but if he, if he lands at the ADP that he's at right now, I, I certainly have no problem taking him. But I think what people have to do is temper expectations when they when they draft a player and they think, oh my God, Cam Meredith can be a wide receiver two or wide receiver three. Well, mm, I don't think that I think that's a little bit too much. Um, look at where Ginn finished like Ginn, Ginn obviously is a different role, but again, we're talking about target distribution. And you know, they they won last year without having a really solid wide receiver two. So you have to then say to yourself, okay, the distribution would have to then go. How much of the distribution share is going to go to Cam Meredith? Well, look, he's at ADP one seventy. Ginn's at two hundred five. Um, I think I think owning one of those guys is fine. You certainly wouldn't want to own both. Uh, but you're right. Wide receivers here on the Saints is not necessarily what I think people have the perception of it being in the past. Look at what Breeze was the second half of the season last year. I think he was on average like quarterback 15.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, he but threw at, so
1: much less than he used to. I mean, they, they 70%, changed.
2: 70% of his passes. So, and look, they've got Ben Watson, and who I do like. But look, Meredith's going to get his. But to me, I don't think he's got that crazy ceiling that people are projecting potentially. Right. and are saying, oh my God, this guy could be a fifth round value or whatever. No, I don't, I don't see that. I think – he absolutely crushes his ADP, but let's temper expectations. If he can, if he can return like 10th or 12th round value, you should be happy with that. And I think I'll be fine with that. But I would, I would temper expectations. This guy's going to go nuts.
1: Okay. Uh, fantasy football fans, listen up. You're listening already, I know. If you love fantasy football, then you need to be playing best ball in my favorite new app, Draft. Here's how it works. Season long. But no management. You just set it and forget it, which makes it easy if you've got a bunch of teams. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. You don't even have to set your lineup. Your best players get automatically selected, and you'll get the best score every week, guaranteed. You never have to worry about injuries, last-minute benchings, any of that stuff ever again. You can draft a team anytime you want. Leaks start every couple of minutes. You can join one right now. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash. League star for just 3 bucks, so there's a league for everyone. And this year, they're running a $1 million best ball tournament. Just enter the best ball championship, draft the best team, and you can win a piece of a million dollars in prizes. No salary caps. You just play in a real live, sorry, snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. So join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes, or play right from your computer on Draft.com any way you want. For a limited time, all new players get free entry into a best ball draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code WIRE. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using my promo code WIRE on your first deposit on draft. So search draft in the App Store or go to draft.com and come play for free with promo code WIRE. Thanks a lot, draft. And remember, the promo code is WIRE. Go check it out. Um, I want to talk about some underrated and overrated. You know, I I, I can... I can get repetitive with this, but since we have different people on all the time, it's I think it's a worthwhile exercise to see if we see some common threads and hear the same names and or different ones and why. Um, let's start a quarterback. Who do you who do you think? And like I said, we, we could go anywhere, but but what I when I did the prep last night and share with Mike, I, I asked him to on quarterback. Let's see top twelve. Let's let's say the guys up high. Who's being drafted too high? Who do you think's being overdrafted? Yeah. And like you said, I think I'm going to be, you know,
2: it's going to be more of a consensus. Um, uh, I'm a, you know, the guys that I'm probably not going to own this year, Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, and Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. uh, just based on their ADPs to me represent ceiling and not necessarily floor. And Watson is number two overall. It's really hard for me to swallow. And so that's, you know, there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of analysis there. I just think that it's, it's really hard for me to pick him over Wilson, Wentz, Newton and Brady. Yeah, um, I think he belongs more at seven. Uh, and, and unfortunately, we have a tendency of pushing up young quarterbacks. Um, he only played a handful of games last year. Teams didn't really know how to defend him. Look, he's on a good team. He's got weapons, but his performance last year certainly is one that is very hard to expect him to repeat over a 16 game season, 17 game season, or 16 games for fantasy. Um, So uh, just really hard to get any profit when your quarterback ADP is two and he's played six games. So again, no rocket science there. Uh, Goff, to me, you know when i look at Goff is i look at what did he do last year in terms of like where where okay so Goff is like QB9 well how many times did he finish as a QB9 or higher uh last year four but really if you look at Jared Goff's season he had three monster games right and then was really a quarterback 12 or less in the majority of his games so for me uh, I feel like he's being picked higher than where he should be going. Uh, based on that, I think he's more in the 14-15 range. And so that's that's where I would have him. Now, you know, points per game last year, he was 12. Total uh, total points, he was 10. And now he's going off at 9. Uh, I just think he's being a little bit overdrafted. Uh, I don't think the bottom is going to fall out. But, look, there's not a lot that separates quarterbacks and he's a guy that I just don't see, uh, you know, obviously with Gurley there, they're going to rely a lot more on the run as far as how it's going to set up the game plan. So so uh, I won't own any of him this
1: year. It's not a knock on him. He's just being picked a few spots high. Okay. Yeah. And, and Goff with me, the, the volume is, I mean, he was, what, I think 18th in attempts. Yep. And it's not like he runs. Yep. Um, and right. so, you know, they got this great running back. So. Um, I agree with Garoppolo is
2: obviously another guy that, you know, most people are probably, you know, I I think Garoppolo's ADP is going to be driven a lot by non-industry folks. Mm -hmm. And almost everybody in the industry is off Garoppolo for the most part. I don't really know anybody that's, I mean, look, his last four games of the season, he finished 12th, 9th, 4th, and 9th. Um, You know, obviously, again, internet darling. QB7, a little bit too rich for me. Yes. fifth, You know, fifth round? Uh, no. Nah. I mean, what I'm looking at, probably getting a running back at that spot uh, or a second wide receiver. I feel a lot more comfortable with that, and I'll, I'll wait. And so, again, we're draft – you know, Jimmy's uh, – Garoppolo's ADP represents like a 95th percentile season. Right. And I'm just not willing to do that. That position.
1: Yeah, I mean, I look. I'm, I'm going to grab two names. Graples seven at quarterback. Well, I see Matthew Stafford at 13 and Matt Ryan at 15. And I look and I go, G- give, give me a good. I think you'd have a tough time making the argument as to why is going to be better than those guys. I mean, it's possible, certainly.
2: Yeah, but, but well, why? I think again, you got to, you know, I think what a lot of people have to do is they have to recognize players whose ADPs are inflated and why are they inflated? Because people have a love affair with the player. It happens in all fantasy sports is there's a love affair with Jimmy Garoppolo. And so his ADP gets pushed probably five rounds higher than where it should be.
1: Yep. Um, And, and the, the Watson thing to go back to that, I've made this point before. If, you know, Desha- he threw for a ton of touchdowns last year, and, you know, he, he, he looked good. I mean, you know, he was kind of chucking the ball around a little bit. Um, but the running stuff, as good of a runner as he is, what I keep going back to is if Deshaun Watson has a rushing year, like a few of the ones Cam Newton has already had will be happy. And we know Cam Newton can do that. Like, we've seen it. It's done. It's, it's banked. Deshaun Watson, I, I don't know, probably. Right? I mean, like, I, I don't see how you – I look at Deshaun Watson and Cam Newton, and I don't blink before I pick Cam Newton. Oh, me too. Yeah, no, without a doubt.
2: Um, I think what happens is people have a tendency also to feel like they have to um, shoot for the ceiling on every pick. And right. that's not what you want to do early on. What you want to do early on is you want to shoot for the floor. Because if your second, third, fourth-round picks go by the wayside, chances are your team is not going to finish very high. So for me, it's all about safety in the first few rounds. And later on, I'm going to take shots on guys because if they flame out, I can always go to the waiver wire, and replace them. It's very hard to find a second, third, fourth round pick on the waiver wire. You're going to find two or three of them throughout the season, but you better be lucky enough to get them. So 50% of this is the draft. 50% of it is in season management, roster, starting lineup, fab, etc. So, Nail the early rounds of your drafts, and you'll be successful. All
1: right, underrated a quarterback. Who you got? So again, I'm looking
2: at, um, and I know some of these names are probably certainly you know going to be you know out there, but look, Philip Rivers, uh, and I think there's a narrative with Philip Rivers that people aren't really considering is you know when I look at his ADP currently, Philip Rivers is 18. Uh, now look he's at one he's at 129 there's a bunch of guys that are in the same round so whether he's 14 18 you know it, it's kind of semantics uh but what did he do last year in in total points he was eight in points per game he was 11 and with him uh he you know down the stretch i'm looking at last six games two, six, 6 27 12 1. Mm -hmm. When they finally were able to get, and then early in the season, 12-7, he had, the thing that dragged Rivers' numbers down a little bit is that he had a couple of really bad games. Right, And they were a snake-bitten team last year. Now, they don't have a tight end right now, and I actually think that's going to help him. And I know he relied on Antonio Gates, and there's a possibility that Antonio Gates comes back. But if, let's say, Antonio Gates doesn't come back, they go with Virgil Green, what does that mean for the offense? I think what that means is more three wide receiver sets with Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams, Keenan Allen. I think Keenan Allen has the potential of being an overall wide receiver one if everything breaks right, and Melvin. And then they got Melvin Gordon in the run game, and they don't. You know, Melvin Gordon is basically the rock carrier. You know, and they got Eckler possibly as like their receiving back. You know, guy. So I. I like the way that the season looks and sets up for the Chargers if Mm -hmm. they can figure out the kicking game. um, They'll, (laughs) you know, but they're going to be ahead. Like, their defense is awesome. I think, I don't think people realize how good their defense really is. Right. And I think they're in position to really take a big leap forward, and while I think Rivers may not have the gaudy passing numbers this year, if they're playing ahead, he's not going to make a lot of mistakes like he did in the past, and I just think that where he's going around 129, uh, he provides safety. The guy never gets hurt. He plays every game. He's been one of the most consistent quarterbacks in the NFL the last three years. And again, I think you can get a quarterback one. And is his ceiling maybe 8, 9, 10? And well, that's what he did last year. Right. So get him at 18 and he can produce 8, 9, 10. Okay. Um, uh, Alex Smith, again, I know I'm not saying anything, you know, clairvoyant here, but. QB twenty three finished QB four five. Just you know, Jay Gruden's been pretty good with quarterbacks. Even though it's a change of scenery here, I know the wide receiving situation may not be great, but it's not desolate. He's got he's got guys that that have talent. Maybe maybe not household names, so to speak, but between Crowder, Dachson, Richardson, and Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis, you know, I, I don't think the cupboard is too bare. So it's really hard for him. If he gets quarterback 12, you know, you should be happy Um, because you're getting him seven rounds rounds later. Um, And then the other guy is uh, Bortles. And, you know, everybody has to hate on Bortles. But, again, look at where he's going. He's going in, like, a hunt pick 160. And last year he finished 13th in points and 17th in points per game. I know their wide receiving core is not great, but it's never really been great um, outside of Allen Robinson one year. But they've got a bunch of guys there. Look, the offense is going to run through Fournette. Their defense is going to allow them to be, you know, to to be ahead. Right. Uh, Fournette's Fournette's going to be a pretty good receiving back this year, I feel. And I just think Bortles, based on where he's going, I certainly seven eight rounds. You know, I think three four rounds of value for sure is is a minimum and he's more of a guy that i'm not i don't really roster two quarterbacks in a one quarterback league like 12 a 12 teamer right but in a two quarterback league he's absolutely going to be a target of mine
1: got it i see what you're saying and, and with him the running game adds a little adds a nice little bonus for him you know he'll get a couple it's touchdowns two or three you know he'll they'll run for 20 yards a game it's solid so, yeah, no,
2: you're you're without a doubt. He ran 57 times last year for 322 yards and two touchdowns that came in in one game. But uh, you're right; it's a nice little you know, couple two three points that make a difference. And because the the quarterback position is is grouped together that late, so if those two points per game are going to boost him up, you know, into the potential QB 12 13 area, that's what you're looking for.
1: All right, let's go to running back and let's start with the underrated guys. You mentioned Fournette. Now, Fournette is being taken. Hang on one second, everybody. I see Fournette's ADP. He's at the eighth running back. He's after Kamara and Kareem Hunt. You think Fournette is going to – He, dude, what did you think of what you saw from him last year? I feel like I was expecting a little more.
2: Well, he started off hot, and then he kind of faded because he had the ankle, and I think you know that was really the key for him. So I'm really impressed with the fact that reports are that he's trimmed down to whatever, you know, the 223 or whatever. Right. I mean, that's huge. That's a very big – um that tells me that he realized um at 240 he was just trying to run over guys and that's not going to last. Also, it's going to allow him to catch more balls, be more, you know, be more immobile uh, when he's catching balls out of the backfield. So – but here's the thing about Fournette is – you know, you can bank double-digit touchdowns with this guy as long mm-hmm. as he's out there. And you can bank 100-yard rushing games, which is what he was doing early on last year. Their defense is gonna is always going to keep them in the game. It's They're going to play with leads. I think this is a team that I don't think they're going to regress. I know some people think they're going to regress. I don't think there's going to be huge regression with Jacksonville this year. And I think Fournette has the potential of being a top three running back this year. Uh, where if everything breaks right and the receiving yards go up, the receptions go up and the touchdowns, you know, around 15, he could be potentially the overall number one running back. So that's kind of what I'm looking at with him is who do I think in that area could leapfrog and really, you know, really become a guy that it's, it's hard to generate profit out of a first round pick, but that's
1: a guy who I think has everything lined up for him to be able to do it. He, he, he averaged – he was one of only three – well, four if you count Agent Peterson. Who we don't have to worry about anymore. Three backs average more than 20 carries a game. Elliott, Bell, Fournette. That's it. Yep. So huge yep. volume. And if the, and if the, and and if the pass catching the, comes the, in.
2: Outside of that, that um, part of the season, in the middle of the season where he didn't play and then he had that whole like suspension thing or whatever, um, is, you know, he's a guy that you could see him – definitely getting 300 to 300 you know 300 carries to 320 carries the touchdowns potentially can get to 12 to 13 and then the receiving if he gets to 60 receptions and 500 yards and three again i just think that i think where he's being drafted is his floor right and that's you know a lot of times that you can't say that about players in this position but um so that's why i like him all right give me one more underrated Let's go with Jordan Howard. Um, and I, I got to laugh at the Jordan Howard talk where everybody says he can't catch. Well, do I really care that he can't catch? I'm worried about his results. So I think what you got to realize is that when guys play with a rookie quarterback, their, their fantasy production is going to suffer. It's not, Jordan Howard didn't become a worse player, it's just his situation got worse. Well, what does his situation turn into? Uh, in the off season, new coach, new offensive coordinator, second year quarterback, a whole brand new wide receiving core and in an, and a tight end. So this offense is completely upgraded to what it was a year ago where Trubisky had nothing. Right. Uh, Howard got game scripted out of several games, which is not his fault. When you look at his performance, it's all over the place. You know, he he was he was a top uh he was an rb1 which means he finished in the top 12 six times right okay but he finished outside the top three like one two three four five six seven eight nine times it wasn't because of the it wasn't a town issue it's he got game scripted out of the game well if their offense is going to be a lot more productive and a lot more effective this year which is what everybody's projecting it to be then I think he's a guy that can get back up into, you know, right now he's currently going at the, the, the 15th running back overall our pick 30. Right. I think he's very safe, you know, top of the third, middle of the third. It's very safe. And that's why I like him. And can he get up into that 15 range as far as overall production, which means he just gets to like RB 10, RB nine. I think without a doubt he can be RB nine, RB 10. So that's kind of what I'm looking
1: for in that. All right. Um, what about the overrated year for your first one? You sent me a couple of names, and, and your first one and my first one are right there. I was down, I wasn't high on this guy last year. I get the talent, yep. um, but Joe Mixon, you, you think is going a little high for, for you? Uh,
2: no different than what it was a year ago, outside <laughs> of the fact that the, the a year ago it was Jeremy Hill on the offensive line. The offensive line is better, however, Gio Bernard is still there, who was a very productive running back at yes. this last year, and I, I just Again, I don't think that – I just think he's another internet darling. He was an internet darling last year. Everybody that picked him, half the people that picked him last year are going to jump off the bandwagon. The other half are going to double down. He has no business being picked inside the top 12, none at all. He's shown me nothing that tells me – first off, I don't think the Bengals are going to be a very good team. And if the Bengals are a four- or five-win team, that that limits his upside. And it really limits his floor, too, because if they're out of games, they're not going to be running the football. So I just think Joe Mixon is a guy that, you know, a lot of people are in love with and his ADP is inflated. And to me, he's more a guy that should be going in the 40s or 50s than in the mid-20s.
1: Okay. Um, give me one more. Let's say oh, one more overrated running back for you.
2: Uh, Ronald Jones. Uh everyone's drafting him based on per, uh, opportunity perception. Yep. And he's not uh to me I don't think that he projects well in the NFL. He's not a very big guy. Uh and he and he wasn't really all that productive in college. I think he went to a big name school. He happened to land in an interesting landing spot and I think most other landing spots I think his ADP would be 3 or 4 rounds later. So um, just not a guy that I'm going to have any shares of, and there's a guy being picked right after him. Give me Royce Freeman and Alex Collins and Kerryon Johnson all day long, and Lamar Miller over Ronald Jones.
1: I agree with you. So if you don't like Ronald Jones, are are you this one? Uh, are you going to consider a late round dart at Peyton Barber?
2: Yeah, I'm going to have some Peyton Barber for sure. Uh, he, he when he got on the field last year, he he, he actually did well. And he's a guy that a lot of people have just thrown away and not considered. And I think he's going he's gonna to be a factor in the Tampa Bay running game. And if Jones is ineffective or gets
1: injured, it's Peyton Barber's uh, job. And based on where he's going, it's a free, it's a free meal. All right, folks. Out New Fantasy Football is the next level fantasy football challenge you've been looking for. Experience a year-round dynasty competition with deep rosters. Accumulate college player prospects to lead your team in the future or to move for a superstar at the trade deadline. Atenew Fantasy Football never sleeps with year-round trades and off-season arbitration. Learn more about why everyone who plays Atenew becomes addicted at com. That's O-T-T-O-N-E-U. Atenew, better fantasy football. Actually, have my draft on uh, August 7th. I think this is my third year. It's not going well, but, you know, I'll get better. I'll try harder, everybody, because, you know, and thanks, Atenew, for sponsoring. Yeah, I got to do better in that league. All right, let's go to wide receivers. Um... Who's going too high for you? We talked about Andrew Luck earlier. Um, does, does You have T.Y. Hilton was a guy we were going to talk about. Does Lux news that we think things might be less dire than they could have been, how does that change your perspective on T.Y. Hilton? He's very QB dependent. I think I said to someone last week, there's no wide receiver that's more dependent on that weird QB situation than him.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, points per game last year finished 31, um, you know, and really had three monster, you know, four monster weeks, and then was basically non existent. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a chart like this where he had four top eight performances, and then almost every other week, every other game, he was outside the top 40. Uh, not a guy that I'm gonna put much stock in. Don't really want any part of him this year. Way too inconsistent, way too quarterback dependent. I think Brissett, if Brissette is is in there, I think he's gonna make a big leap forward this year. And I like a lot of what I saw out of him. And I think he's a guy that he's a guy I've been targeting in best ball as a QB three or super flex in QB three as QB three. Right. Because if luck if luck doesn't is not able to go or gets hurt again. And Brissett gets out there. I actually do think he's going to produce and be fine. And he can run, which is huge. That's always what I look for. But you're right. uh, That's kind of my take on Hilton. People are pushing him back up ADP based on they think Andrew Luck is going to be Andrew Luck of the past. uh, And we don't really know what's going to happen. So uh, just another inflated ADP as far as I'm concerned.
1: Okay. Um, And going right after T.Y. T.Y.'s going at wide receiver 16. Juju at wide receiver 17. Um, Too high for you or just right? Uh, Too high. Um, And look, I love the guy. I
2: love the talent. But a lot of times what people do is they look at what the guy did the previous year. and They automatically just say, oh, well, you know, he didn't play the first six or seven games of the season. And he was a monster the second half of the season. Well, you got to remember, Antonio, what what did he do when Antonio Brown didn't play? So, you know, week 16 and 17 is Juju was wide receiver 7. Look, last three weeks of the season, Juju, wide receiver 10, wide receiver 7, wide receiver 1. Antonio Brown wasn't out there. Right. Okay. So... But then on the flip side, he wasn't on the field for the first eight games of the season for the most. The first seven games of the season, he didn't see the field. They finally got rid of Martavis Bryant. They put Juju in wide receiver two, and then he, he did well. But I just think that where he's going, unfortunately, inflated ADP is more a guy that I feel comfortable in the sixty or 70s than I do in the early 40s. and. That's just – now, that's a little bit of a tough area because I'm not in love with a lot of the wide receivers in that group. But give me – we'll talk about a couple of guys there. There's two guys, I think, that are going a few picks after him, and they're not sexy names, and they're not young guys, but they produce year in, year out, and I'm more than happy to take any one of them. All
1: right. Tell me about those guys.
2: Larry Fitzgerald, Golden Tate, and Demarius Thomas right outside the top 24. So. Um, all three of those guys are solid floor guys on a weekly basis. Fitzgerald's quarterback situation is not going to be any worse than what it was a year ago, I don't think. And Golden Tate uh, has a has a solid, steady quarterback in, in Matthew Stafford getting in the ball. And Demarius Thomas' situation is um, his quarterback situation has improved quite a bit. And again, he's he's a, he's at wide receiver twenty five, pick sixty. I can certainly see him returning value in the 30s. Uh, same with Golden Tate, same with Larry Fitzgerald. They've done it before, and I don't see much of a drop-off with the Fitz or Tate, so I feel comfortable with all three of those wide receivers uh, versus other guys like Brandon Cooks, Jarvis Laney, Corey Davis, Josh Gordon. Now, I just think there's a lot of risk in
1: that 16 to 22 range in wide receiver. I agree with you. Um, all right, let's go to the other, some other underrated people. You mentioned Fitz. Um, Devonte Adams, we were talking about guys earlier, we were talking, I asked you if you would take Julio or Michael Thomas, and I think I agree with you on Julio. I mean, I really like Michael Thomas, but we... I like uh, Michael Thomas too, but he's being overdrafted. Yes. So now I go after the first four, I got Hopkins, Antonio, Beckham, and Julio. After that, why am I not taking Devonte Adams right there before Thomas, Keenan, Mike, Gavin. I mean, Devontae Adams had the, 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 uh, some people have talked about it with me recently. The chances of Devontae Adams scoring a boatload of yes. touchdowns are pretty big. Yep. Yep. Uh, pretend, you know, I think number one, he's got an awesome, he's got the best quarterback
2: in the game. And I'm a Patriots fan. And I love Tom Brady, but Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. Yep. Um, Jordy Nelson's gone. Randall Cobb's wide receiver two. I don't care who the wide receiver three is. It's not going to matter. And they, they picked up Jimmy Graham, who I love. And I like the running game between whether it's Jones, Williams, and Montgomery. They're going to figure it out. The defense is going to be improved. It's not going to be the sieve that it's been in the past. Uh, I think Mike Pettin coming in as, as the defensive coordinator. I think Mike Pettin has a lot to prove. People remember him as the clown that coached the Browns. And I think Mike Pettin has a chip on his shoulder, and it's going to get this defense whipped into shape. So I think, for me, I think the Packers could be on a 12 or 13 win season. I think uh, Rodgers is is going to play with a chip on his shoulder, and uh, look, I think time is running out for Mike Mike McCarthy here. And uh, but look at look at what the you know people got to remember. Don't just look at what the guy did last year is you've got to remember he didn't have Aaron Rodgers for, like, 10 or 11 games. Right. And he had Brett Hundley. <laughs> he still put up wide receiver 14-8, wide receiver 14-8, 13-4, eight, 18, with Brett Hundley. Okay? Yep. It's- I see a lot of weeks where this guy is going to be a wide receiver one. Of course, you're drafting him there, but you got to remember the elite players – like, Antonio Brown was a wide receiver one eight times. DeAndre Hopkins was a wide receiver one nine times. Devontae was five last year. He can get to eight or nine this year. And if he does, he will be a top five wide receiver. He will potentially be number one overall. Yep. So that's really where I'm going with there. I mean, Devonte to me, uh, if I can start with um, Fournette, Devontae Adams, I think I'm going to be very happy.
1: I think you are, too. And at, look, and you, you might start, forget forget about just Fournette. But I mean, you might start Zeke and Devontae Adams based on where Adams is going, which is yeah, nineteenth pick that's or so.
2: Better. Yeah, I, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yep.
1: All right. Um, let's go tight end. You're not tight end. You're not on the uh, the Trey Burton train.
2: Uh, I'm not uh, because um, you know if you look historically at the tight end position, um, it's a very consistent position in that. The players that produce year in year out, unless it's a situation where they're an older player and they just fall off a cliff or they get injured, um, it's typically the same group of guys. So it's 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 really extenuating circumstances are going to push a player at that position, and you know a lot of times pedigree is really key at that position as well, and you got to remember that. Um, they still have Adam Shaheen there, and so I, I still think that's – and, and again, they went out and they got Robinson. They got Taylor Gabriel. They drafted Anthony Miller. So I'm not sure this Trey Burton play is all that – look, man, he had a couple of really good games last year, but outside of his, – his numbers are
1: not that great.
2: right? And – He's being over projected to me, like grossly over projected. I, I think
1: that the 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 head coach having come from you know, I mean basically that that stuff about well, he fills the Kelsey role. I think that's that's got everybody's it, it, Well he
2: awesome. may fill the role, but he doesn't have Kelsey's talent. No, right. So that's, yeah. So <laughs> um yeah, unfortunately that is what people look at is again, they want to be right and Look, it's one thing if you think that Kyle Rudolph or Greg Olson can finish as the number one tight end overall. That's one thing because those guys have a base of production that says, "Hey, if their touchdown ratio increases significantly, that can throw them up into the the, the thirty, you know, twenty five thirty range." But man. You know, look at the guys at the top, Kelsey, Gronk, Zach, Ertz. You know, those are those are eight touchdown guy minimums. Um, I, I just don't see it with Trey Burton. Um, I think the Bears' offense is going to be improved, but I don't think it's going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. And because, um, again, you, you're asking for a lot of leaps forward, especially at the quarterback. I think the quarterback makes leaps forward, but not like Carson Wentz, Jared Goff type leaps. So – yeah, he's just being overdrafted. Lack of lack of pedigree, lack of uh, it's just lack of performance to me. And just, um, I think with tight end, as you know, I, I got a couple guys I definitely want, and then if I don't get them, I'm just going to wait.
1: All right. Folks, we're going to wrap this the here. Listeners to our podcast and get a free 10-day Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now at rotowire.com slash pod. Um, so you'll be back doing a DFS article on Rotowire this year. Well, tell me about that and what else are you are going to be up to? Sure. Um, that's to be determined as far as what site
2: I'm going to write for, but I'll have a weekly article. Um, it's going to be different than in the past. It's going to be focused on um, a particular site and the players I like for that week. Uh, but I'm going to take a different spin on it. I'm not just going to um, recommend the players that everyone else is recommending. I'm going to actually talk about um, what I think is going to happen and why the players may be underowned and, and where there's profit in those players. So just a little bit of a different take on that. Um, Line Star, in addition to representing them, just uh, doing a podcast with Thad Houston that's going to be on Thursday nights. Again, it's going to be a different spin and a different take, I think, than what's out there in the industry. Uh, I'm hoping to complete a DFS NFL book, which is similar to my MLB book I did last year. Um, so it's just a matter of getting time to do it. I gotta, I gotta probably, uh, burn the candle at both ends to get that done. And then, um, you know, I've had a lot of things going on in my life over the last six months. And, um, um, Actually, I'm actually considering and, you know, there's no monetary gain by this, but I'm actually considering doing my own podcast. That's not going to be fantasy uh, centric. It's going to have aspects of fantasy for sure. But I might throw in some life stuff, you know, what it's like to be a single dad, you know, hanging out at breweries. Um, (laughs) I'm a big cider guy. Um, This is a huge scene. Um, I'm a big wrestling guy. There's a lot of guys in fantasy that love wrestling. So I feel like I'm the only one who doesn't. You
1: know what? Um, I think there's just a lot of topics
2: that I can touch on and it might be therapeutic for me as well. And I think my situation, a lot of guys are in and maybe can relate. At least that's been kind of my experience. So, I'm actually considering it. It's just a matter of when I can do it and if I've got the time. But I think it would be kind of therapeutic. Gotcha. Well,
1: I'll well, uh, be looking forward to that and let everybody know where, when, did it, when uh, you start doing all that stuff. But, hey, thanks for doing this today. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, anytime. All right, everybody, that's Michael Rathburn. He's at Fantasy FantasyRath on Twitter. I'm at Halpin 37 um, If you like this podcast, please leave us a review and a rating. We always appreciate those. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Road to Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by draft.com. We'll be back Friday with another episode, so please come on back then. For Michael Rathburn, I'm John Halpin. See you next time.